Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out CF Capital. CF Capital is the premier boutique real estate investment firm in the Midwest and Southeast region of the United States. We are a national real estate investment firm with a purpose. We provide property investment and asset management solutions to help passive investors maximize returns on high value multifamily communities. But our investments go far beyond acquisitions. We invest in people. We are in the business of elevating communities and raising the bar for everyone within our ecosystem. CF Capital is a real estate investment firm focused on the acquisition and operation of multifamily assets. We confidently deliver tax advantage, stable cash flow, and capital appreciation with a margin of safety. By investing alongside our team, investors can preserve and grow their wealth without having to deal with tenants, termites, or toilets. Investors come and stay for the outsized returns we create in our deals while appreciating the ancillary opportunity to make a bigger impact that only CF Capital can provide. If you're an investor and want to invest with us, here's how. Learn more about CF Capital at cfcapllc.com or by simply clicking the link in the show notes of this episode. We will see you on the inside of this powerful community. So let's elevate communities together. It does not work just like by saying, oh, I want a million dollars. Oh, okay, I get up in the morning. I pray, I meditate, I'm going to get a million dollars. For what? What are you going to do with the million dollars? First of all, that's the question is. So you need to understand that. What do you want? Why you want? What is the motivation behind it? What the vision, where it's going to take you? All your life, you're just praying, I want a million dollars. I want a million dollars. You get a million dollars. Then what? Three years later, four years later, you're back down to zero. Because you didn't, you didn't have the vision what to do with it. Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting with Vinky Lumba today on the podcast. You are going to learn about manifestation. You are going to learn about vibrating on the wavelength of your dreams and creating and stepping into the greatest sense of human potential that you have, which by the way, there are no limits to, and you're going to find out about that. You're also going to find about how, how to leverage flow how to leverage neurology, biology into creating more opportunity in your real estate, but also not just more, but better. And what's in alignment with your purpose. And, you know, because a lot of times we think, you know what, I just don't have enough and I'm not enough. And when I do this, I will then be enough. That's not what we're talking about today. You're going to find some secrets about living in alignment with what you are meant to live with and uh, also to play at the highest level. So you're going to love this conversation. And Elevate Podcast is all about mindset, mind expansion, and personal development for high-performing real estate investors. Of course, I'm your host, Tyler Chesser, and I'm a professional real estate investor and entrepreneur. It is my job to decode the stories, habits, and multifaceted expertise of world-class investors and other experts to help you elevate your performance and lifestyle. And I got to tell you, we are taking it to another level, so I'm not even going to ask you. So let's raise the bar today. I'm going to dive in. I'm going to ask you two questions. I'm going to ask you from the bottom of my heart, please share this episode with one person. That's the fee. And I'd love for you, if you haven't done so already, please give us a rating, review, and subscribe or follow Elevate Podcasts on wherever it is that you listen or watch podcasts. Keeping it super simple today. And let's dive in. I want to introduce you to Vinky Lumba. 
who is an entrepreneur and strategist with a background in commercial real estate, information technology, and academia. She is an expert in strategic planning and management with a strong ability to connect the dots. With, and we talk about that today as well. With her unique combination of corporate and entrepreneurial experience, she is quite familiar with busy professionals' distinct challenges. The goal of her work is to provide investors with the right knowledge to be able to make wise investing decisions aligned with their long-term financial goals in order to achieve financial success. Her in-depth experience as an IT professional drives her systematic approach to multifamily and commercial real estate investing. Vinky is the CEO and founder of Lumba Investment Group, which is positioned for exponential growth. Driven by her mission to help and touch 1 million lives in a meaningful way, she is best known for inspiring many in her circle. She strongly believes that with 100% focus and concentration, you can transform any idea into reality. You're gonna learn exactly how that is the case and how you can leverage these concepts in your future as well. So buckle up and enjoy the spectacular conversation with Vinky Lumba. Vinky Lumba, we could have hung out for three and a half hours before we started recording here, and we almost did. So I had to start recording uh, immediately because you're sharing gold nuggets already, but welcome to Elevate, Vinky. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, and thanks for inviting me to your podcast, Tyler. I'm super pumped up and excited. Oh, I'm super pumped up too. And the first time I met you, you know, you really uplifted me and you really helped me vibrate on a higher wavelength. And I know you're going to do that today for Elevate Nation. So I'm excited about that. But as we introduce you and as we get you familiar with Elevate Nation, talk a little bit about your upbringing and your backstory. Um, that's a good question. Where would you like me to start? How far back you want me to go? Well, tell, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, where you came from, where were you born and, you know, where did you grow up? And then how did you make your way to the U.S.? So I was born and raised in a very, very spiritual country, India, and uh, grew up in that environment, learned a lot of spiritual practices. And then I came to U.S. because my husband was in U.S. He came as a student. So he went back, we got married. That's how I came to U.S. But before coming to U.S., I completed a master's in India. I wanted to become a professor. So I also completed my, I would say, partial MPhil. That's a, a shorter version of PhD because I was pursuing my PhD in India. But then I got married. I came here. I completed my MPhil from here and enrolled for PhD in U.S. at UC Berkeley. But, you know, Destiny had something else really, really sweet in store for me. I became mom. So um, my husband's like, okay, now you cannot spend five years for your PhD. Maybe you wanted to try the business side of it. Uh, so I went into business. I found a corporate job. I was hired as a management trainee for Bank America. So I thought I'll be here for a year or two, then I'll take off. Guess what? I spent 20 years there. <laughs> <laughs> Never left because I really enjoyed climbing the corporate ladder there. But that was not it because of my ambitious nature and uh, being always wanting to do something more. Um, I just went into real estate at that time with my primary job. Uh, we bought our second home. And we were in a position to afford two homes. So we rented the first one. We learned about passive income. And uh, we started multiplying single family duplexes and all that. I got my realtor license. I thought I could sell homes and make some money there. 
I thought I'm invincible. And um, uh, I didn't sell homes. I went to the retail side, started selling businesses over there. So did that for four or five years, but it was way too much with my, um, you know, the two W2 jobs, me and my husband, two young kids, and all this portfolio. We didn't hire any property manager at that time because we wanted to do everything ourselves. And I always joke about that, that we didn't even know that the property management companies exist. Uh, but that was our own thing. And then uh, we kind of burned out. So we slowly uh, started reducing that f- footprint there. And at the time, I also got an opportunity to pursue my executive MBA here. So I completed that. Right after that, I got an opportunity to teach at the, at the same university, California State University. So I started teaching there as an adjunct professor, two classes every semester. So I did that about 10 years, 11 years with my primary job. So uh, fast forward, a few years back, I was able to take early retirement from my job because my job moved to New York. And I didn't have much choice other than either move to New York or uh, find something in California. There was nothing in California that was comparable. So I decided to take early retirement and I stepped back into real estate. I wanted to go into merger and acquisitions because having the corporate background, I thought that'll be a perfect blend for me, you know, because I knew the system side merger and I thought how hard it could be to learn the business side merger, right? I'll be a perfect fit. So I was looking for some connection on LinkedIn who can help me break in. And then um, I ran into somebody's profile, $400 million asset under management. I'm like, oh, wow. How did that happen? Because I kind of barely knew the person. He used to work with me at the bank. So that's how I landed in multifamily. And here I am today, super happy. I love whatever I do and trying to make a bunch of difference in people's life around me, whether it's financially or I do have a nonprofit organization geared towards women and children. So we support multiple initiatives throughout the year. So there's a lot that you just shared with us and a couple of things that really stand out to me. And it, it maybe they stand out to me because of what I know about you and, you know, the essence of, of who you are. And, you know, I have to admit that I'm still getting to know you, but I, I feel like you've revealed yourself in such a beautiful way. And one of the things that you shared there was destiny, right? You became a mom. And so there were some pivots that you had to make early on and that kind of uh, that aligned a certain path for you professionally, personally and so forth. And maybe destiny also led to, you know, the decision to not follow the career trajectory to New York and to make some other decisions as well. But then going back to the earlier part of the, the, the conversation about, you know, coming from a very spiritual place, you know, in India, and it feels like these concepts have been extremely impactful for you and have led you to make certain decisions and lead a certain lifestyle and be the person that you are. And, you know, that's leading into how you interact as an investor, as an entrepreneur. So talk to me about why is spirituality so important for you and why is business and maybe even real estate and capital raising and building relationships? Why, from your perspective, is it actually a spiritual endeavor? That's a very uh, good question, I would say, and it's very thought provoking as well, because spirituality is not a religion, first of all. Spirituality is more like finding out who you are. And in my perception, until unless you know who you are, 
there's no way you can create an impact or you can make the right choices or right decisions for yourself. And I would say Tony Robbins is teaching the same thing. Even Dean Garziosi, I was watching his videos the other day. Everybody's talking about the same thing. So it's very, very important. Spiritualism is not a religion, like I just said. It's not like that you're, uh, you're trying to follow a certain path or certain guru or whatever, you know. It's basically self-discovery. The more you're going to discover yourself, the more you're going to do well. You're going to be able to take more uh, calculated risk, better decisions, better relationships. Because you know your core, where you're coming from. So you're going to be building very, very strong relationships. People are going to like you. They're going to trust you. They want to work with you. So you're going to be like uh, creating a magnetic field around you. And I was talking about yesterday on another podcast about the same thing that, you know, once you know who you are, you are not chasing after things. Basically, you're creating a magnetic field around you that you're attracting things towards you because you are at a, at a place of calm, stillness. And I would say the word is like you're contented in a way that you, you are not creating in your mind some kind of scarcity. It's like more like in the abundant state. And that's how you are vibrating a little bit higher, like we talk about in one of the other podcasts, you and me. So your energy levels are a little bit higher. You're vibrating at a different level. And in that field, you're attracting those vibrations, the people who are vibrating at that level. What do you say to people who are like, okay, I hear you. I hear you. That's, you know, it's vibrating on a certain wavelength. My goodness. I, you know, I just need the tactics. I just need the strategies. I just need the tools. I just need the technology. I need the right talent, you know, all of these things. And you're telling me about vibrating on a wavelength and attracting, you know, manifestation, being magnetic. What do you say to these people who just can't wrap their mind around what you're talking about? Um, because I get a sense that, you know, a lot of people feel that way. But what, what do you say about that, Vinky? Most of the people, I was there too, actually. That's the reason I can tell from my experience. Because most of the time, what happened is we are just engrossed within our, within our thought process. So we create a bubble around us. We live within our bubble all our life. Because we have our do's or don'ts. We have our own limitations. We have our own set patterns. And uh, without knowing, uh, I mean, not being fully aware or you know, unknowingly, we are following the same patterns every day. Like, for example, you get up in the morning, what you do, you open your eyes, first you run to the sink, you go brush your teeth. This is a habit. It's a good thing. It's a good pattern. I'm not saying it's a bad pattern. You don't brush your teeth, but it is one of the patterns. But you acknowledge that because you're doing that, you know, like being fully aware. But there's certain things that you're not aware of or do not have enough awareness to know, but you're doing it unknowingly over and over again. And then you're expecting the different results. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is you are in the pattern, you are in the situation, and you don't realize that you're doing it. So until unless you lift yourself a little bit higher, like I say, a little bit different wavelength, you won't be able to see it. But if you do that like one notch or maybe half a notch, you'll be able to see it. And you will set yourself free from there. So let's talk about that being fully aware piece. And by the way, there's a great book and I believe it's called Awareness, I believe. Mm -hmm. And it is an amazing self-discovery journey to go on. And, and I probably need to just revisit that book because it's almost like a meditation. When you read it, it's like, oh my gosh, you're, you're unraveling this onion. 
And I'm sure that you go back and you go through that process again, and there's something new that comes up based on the part of the journey that you're on. But you mentioned the self-discovery and just being fully aware. It almost feels like what you're suggesting is that's the precursor to vibrating on the wavelength of attraction rather than repelling the things that you want or operating out of a place of scarcity. Is that fair? And if so, what does that self-discovery look like and how can people start to engage in that more fully? I'm going to share my story, how it happened to me. Maybe that'll give you some insight into it. Um, I was just totally like everybody else. I think 99.9% people are doing the same thing over and over again without any realization. So I was one of those people too, like I was trying to do something different by adding more to it, right? Like I had a W-2 job, like I told you earlier, then I wanted to expand more, but I did not know that I wanted to expand on the awareness aspect more. I thought maybe adding another job or adding more money into my life will give me the fulfillment or, you know, satisfy me what I was looking for. So I added another thing by just getting into real estate. That was not enough. Okay, let me do my MBA now. I got my MBA done. Okay, I became a professor now, which I always wanted to do, right? That was a intention from the very beginning. That got, got fulfilled at a later time, but I got whatever I wanted, right? So I was doing something right, intentionally a little bit there. So all the things that I was attracting, it was happening, but not very strategically because you wanted to do very strategically so that you get to your vision, whatever your vision is. So in this whole chaos, what I was trying to attract and just made my whole life like that, you know, very busy. What happened one time we came back from India and I got diagnosed with uh, acute liver damage. And uh, I was hospitalized uh, and uh, like seven days in one hospital. Then they moved me to UCSF because one of my nephews, he's a surgeon hypothologist. So he was like, okay, she needs, if, if you wanted to save her, we need to move her to UCSF. So they brought me to UCSF and my daughter, she's studying medicine too. So I think I was just like really blessed in that state, I would say, you know, a lot of doctors, a lot of connections were there who saved me. And that was very enlightening, lightning experience because uh, I saw the power of connections, a part of power of networking at that time, because in the UCSF, I was being treated as like a, like a VIP guest kind of, not a wow. patient. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what happened over there one day, I seriously got into the mode where I was, I felt like I was dying. I didn't even know it was dying or no, it was a moment of enlightenment, you can say. I was going through some procedure all of a sudden I started seeing all the lights. My eyes were open. My daughter was standing next to me and I was talking to her and then like, I can't see anything. And it lasted about a minute or so. But what happened, the aftermath was the doctors took me off all the medications, all the procedures were stopped. And they said, they're going to monitor me for two days. And they sent me back home without a scratch. I was saved. No transplant, nothing. It took me, but the thing was, when I came home, it just like really, really kind of experience that shook me because my mind was not in sync with my body. My mind was running like 100 miles an hour or 1,000 miles an hour. My body took a toll through all these 15 days of hospitalization. They were not in sync. So I was just wondering what happened. And then I realized that all these years of my life, that was back in 2010, this happened. And I was like, all these years, whatever 
you know, I spend my life, I never realized that I'm going to die someday. I was thinking, I'm going to live forever. I'm going to do whatever. Right. So this was my first encounter with death. So that put me back on my spiritual trajectory. So at that time, I wanted to find out who am I? I wanted to know more about life. And through this journey or the research, I went through, you know, so many different paths, meditation, yoga, or following some gurus, this and that, reading a lot of books, I figured out that, you know, human potential is so big, it's way bigger than this physicality. We have so much potential, we just underestimate ourselves. We set our own limits. We decide to live in our own bubble. The growth for us out of a community is just working on ourselves and working together. So the purpose of life for me is connecting with others and helping each other grow because that's the true success. And that's, I mean, in real estate too, we see that in the multi, uh, multifamily syndications, right? We work as a team. The more we collaborate, the more success is for us, for all of us whether it's our investors or the general partnership team, asset managers or property manager, whosoever we collaborate with, brokers, you know, together is a true success, if that makes sense. I'm sorry, it's a long story. No, that's an amazing story. And I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, you went through something, you know, very traumatic to a certain degree. I mean, obviously you felt like you encountered death and you were looking at death right in the eyes and you experienced this profound enlightenment uh moment and you know thankfully you were healed thereafter i mean but you know do you feel like others to gain this level of awareness and gain this connection with their purpose like what you just described in terms of you know connecting with others and helping others grow being your mm -hmm. you know awareness or your self-discovery through this unbelievable experience do you feel like others need to get to a point where you know it's like maybe not rock bottom isn't the right word, but you know, they have to go through something where it's that transformative to be able to have that clarity or is there another way to do it as well? I mean, what are your thoughts? You may not know, I don't know. No, I mean, that's a really good question again. Uh, but you know, uh, human beings, it's like human nature, like say we live in our own world, we have our own universe and we have our own bubble, right? We never wanted to get out of that. That's our comfort zone, comfort place, right? So until, unless something really bad happened to you, the awakening does not happen. But that's not the case always. If you decide that you wanted to do something, you're gonna wake up from your sleep, whatever you're doing from your bubble, you wanted to do something bigger and better and you wanted to uh, live your optimal potential. Nobody can stop you. It's your decision. But the first of all, you have to understand that you have the capability of making that decision. You do not have to wait for some setback or something big or something wrong happen to you in order to wake up. Okay, I feel like that is a message that now everyone who's listening to this or watching this needs to receive. So like, let's take a moment, right? Decide to live your optimal life now. You have the decision. So now we've made a decision and now we can step into that and we can start to ask ourselves some powerful questions, right? Like what, what who am I? Uh, what is, what's the purpose for me? What really lights me up? And, you know, let's wake up too. 
you know, the other thing too, is like, you know, you're talking about vibrating on this wavelength and, and, you know, you and I, we had a, I, I joked to say, Hey, we could have had a three hour conversation before this because it felt like that. And it would have gone by quickly. And we would have really, really loved that. But we were talking about collaboration opportunities. We're talking about what we're seeing in the marketplace. We're talking about this beautiful trip that you just went on for your anniversary. You were telling me beautiful things about how you felt about my family and all of these things, which I loved, mm-hmm. but it's this vibration and it's this belief that you can contribute and add value to other people. But you also have this belief that with 100% focus and concentration, you can transform any idea into reality. So what we're talking about is this basis of self-awareness and clarity and being awake. But then from there, it's about creating you know, what is it, what it is that you want. So talk to me a little bit about number one, what is focus, what does 100% focus and concentration look like? And how are you leveraging this concept to create the conditions of your life as well? That's the law of attraction we're talking about right there, right? Until, unless you focus on something, you are not giving you hundred percent. So I'm gonna um, recommend one book here. I don't know if you read that book, it's called Flow. I've it's not read Flow. Who, who wrote this one? It's uh, by uh, Dr. Chikson Mihai. Dr. Oh. I think Mihai, Chikson Mihai. Yes, yes. I think we talked about that book in our last conversation too. So that book is on uh, human optimal experience. That's what mm-hmm. book talks about. See, when you're in the flow state, you know who you are. Like, for example, you know, I think book talks about that too. Uh, look at the symphony conductor. You know, when they're conducting or the whole symphony, their hands are just moving, like in sync with everything, what is, whatever is happening around them. They are not necessarily looking, okay, my pinky is moving, my <laughs> finger is moving, because they are not, because it's just like, it's a, a flow state. So when you're in the flow state, you are able to attract much faster. That's when law of attraction work. It does not work just like by saying, oh, I want a million dollars. Oh, okay, I got up in the morning, I pray, I meditated, I'm going to get a million dollars. For what? What are you going to do with a million dollars? First of all, that's the question is. So you need to understand that. What do you want? Why you want? What is the motivation behind it? What the vision, where it's going to take you? All your life, you're just praying, I want a million dollars, I want a million dollars. You get a million dollars, then what? Three years later, four years later, you're back down to zero. Because you didn't, you didn't have the vision what to do with it. Elevate Nation. You know you can't manage what you don't measure. So when it comes to marketing and sales, how can you be sure your decisions are the right ones? I've got the answer for you. Sharp Wilkinson. Sharp Wilkinson is a unique agency that specializes in developing data-driven marketing and sales strategies for clients. I've been working with Sharp Wilkinson for a while now, and I can personally attest to the way that they immerse themselves in my organization and maintain a hyper-responsive orientation. Best of all, they use data to inform their strategies and drive real tangible growth. And every company needs continuing growth, right? If you think your organization could benefit from data-driven marketing and sales, growth starts at Sharp Wilkinson. Visit sharpwilkinson.com to take the first step on your journey. Tell them Tyler sent you. And you got to know what the end game is. Exactly. Like where, where are you Exit going? Is very important. Exactly. exactly. Where are you going? Why are you going there? And what are you going to do with that? And it's not just about, it's not about you. It's about how can you flow? How can you step in a greater sense of abundance so that you can give and you can be more impactful and you, you can be more of service, in my opinion? I mean, I think that's, it should be a part of the end game, right? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. You said service. That's very important because 
on your path, on your journey called life, how many lives you're touching around you. That's very important Mm -hmm. because you are a sidekick in their story. Like you are a hero in your own story called life. All the people that's coming into your magnetic field, I'm going to use the same word again, or come into your wavelength. They are the sidekicks. They're the side actors in your story. So similar way, you are the sidekick or the side or the extra role, whatever you're playing in their life, right? So once you understand that, it's all cumulative or collective growth. So once you have the concept, things get smoothened. You're coming from a place of fulfillment all the time. You are there asking, how can I add value to you? It's not about you. It's about us all the time then. If that makes sense. It's so good. And I just want to add to the conversation because you were talking about the book flow. Um, Dr. Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi, um, you know, was really the, you know, the foundational uh, researcher who really studied this concept and brought it to reality to most, most folks, uh, you know, lexicon and consciousness. Uh, But there's uh, an individual named Stephen Kotler, who's one of the greatest New York Times bestselling authors who we've had on the podcast. And he wrote a book called The Art of Impossible. And he really referenced a lot of Csikszentmihalyi's uh, work as well. So I definitely encourage the listeners to check that out because, you know, we can't pack all of the concepts into this conversation in terms of how you can leverage flow, but there is a process and there's a strategy to be able to do that. But in addition to that, you know, in many aspects, it is about then kind of leveraging a certain level of vibration um, and, you know, understanding and being aware of your energy and being conscious of what you want to create and what energy you want to bring to relationships, to others, to connections, to just the way that you're interacting with your own challenges or problems or opportunities. And so I want to ask you, I mean, in terms of vibration and energy, like why is that so impactful to you in your success as an investor and creating the conditions that you want? You know, the things that you got really clear on, the things that you're like, okay, this is what I want. This is my end game. Why is it that vibration and energy is so impactful and how does that actually make things more effortless for you? Because the thing is, you know, it's all about yourself. You know, it's all about you. There's nobody else because you are projecting your world. Whatever you are, that's what you're projecting outwards, right? Like, for example, coming to this conversation with you today, this 40 minutes that I'm going to spend with you today, right? I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to go meet Tyler today. I'm super excited. The conversation is going to go really well. We're going to talk about really good stuff. And things are going. It's flowing just like that, right? Mm -hmm. We we didn't write down anything. We did not write any script. We didn't talk about this before. We thought, okay, we we are kind of in the flow state. The things are happening right just a small example over here so it's all about you so versus if i thought oh my god i have to go to the podcast today i need to prepare i need to think what he's gonna ask me what should i answer i should google the questions i should write down everything and i'm gonna be very specific what i'm gonna say which way is gonna go nobody's gonna connect with you There's not going to be the right questions. There's never going to be any right answers. I mean, there's no question answers anyways to begin with. It's all about you. So it's just like, that's what I was saying to begin with. Find out who you are. It's a self-discovery. So whatever energy, energy you have, whatever you're projecting out in the world, that's what you're getting back. So it's the first, it's the expectation and then the projection, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it's like, what do you want? First of all, you know, who you are. That's why I'm saying it's very important to know who you are. So as long as you know who you are, what you want, where you are in your life, where you want to go. And then accordingly, you're creating, uh, shifting your energy you might have to break some patterns, you know, some limitations there, some beliefs, you know, that doesn't work for you. And you're doing something different for yourself. And then you're always uh, engaging with your thoughts, trying to, uh, you know, kind of monitor what you're thinking and you decide which thought you wanted to write. And there's a story behind that too. I'm going to share that with you. Once I went to um, Tennessee for um, a meditation retreat. There was a about 10 day long program or something. And before that we were in Nashville in uh, Marriott or somewhere. So our hotel was like right on the, I think at the edge of the freeway. On the freeway, we could see the cars passing by. So in the morning when I was done with my meditation routine, I was sitting at the window. My husband was still getting ready and I'm seeing all those cars passing by. I'm like thinking like so many cars, red, white, blue, yellow, whatever. And all of a sudden this thought came to my mind, you know, there's so many cars going. That's how all the thoughts are going in the mind, you know, 70 mile, 80 mile speed, or maybe thousand mile speed. So many thoughts are going on. And I can't even, uh, you know, uh, catch all the thoughts was going. And then I was trying to compare my thoughts with these cars and the cars are passing by, but I can decide which car I wanted to ride, whether it's red, yellow, blue, whatever, it's my decision. So what kind of make the same decision for my thoughts that which thought I want to ride? Why I'm just like taken away without any realization, without any awareness, I'm just riding the wrong thoughts and making the wrong decisions in my life and end up at the wrong place. So that was a turning point for me. That's really good. And you know what it makes me think of as well is uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, this quote, like it like sticks out so strongly to me. He said, never let a thought slip by your consciousness unnoticed. Mm -hmm. in, in my opinion, that's the first step, right? Because, exactly. you know, what you're talking about is it's the next step. It's I'm not, nothing is going by here that I am not approving, right? My thoughts are things that I've chosen and that I'm now leveraging my subconscious mind to create more of, which is based on what I know is that is true about myself and the end game and the place that I'm going and the things that I'm doing, because that's truly what I want. But, you know, the first step is like, all right, let's just notice them. Because to your point, I mean, anytime I meditate, it's, it's pretty astounding and you can get lost in it. I do get lost in it. I am not perfect. Like they don't slip by unnoticed a hundred percent of the time. But I think the more you practice, the more you watch, the more you get curious, you start to, it starts to get a little bit more clear and things start to slow down a little bit. And maybe it's like, it's almost like mental flow because you can start to see it instead of it just being unconscious. And it's just these, you know, this huge traffic jam of thousand mile per hour cars just flying everywhere. It's like, you know, I, I picture, you know, I'm a big basketball fan and I picture like Kobe Bryant on the court. He was like, po he was like poetry on the basketball court. And he wasn't thinking to your point, he wasn't thinking about every single move. He wasn't thinking about all of his reactions, but it was flow. It was mastery. Absolutely. And it's almost like mastery of the mind when you're watching things and you're starting to say, wait a minute, 
I'm not going to let this one slip by unnoticed. I'm going to start to investigate. I'm going to start to question. I'm going to start to parse apart. And then I'm going to say, wait a minute, let's mold this in a different way. Let's, let's turn the direction. Let's change this. Let's leverage this into something that's going to serve me. That's actually going to get me to where I want to go. But do you, I don't know. Am I, what do you think about all that? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Actually, I call it a mind diarrhea. So if you have a diarrhea, right, you take precautions, you do something to stop it. <laughs> so that's how your mind is. Mind is monkey mind. You cannot stop the mind. You cannot see. I'm going to tell you one thing. You say, I don't want to think about something. Just think about anything. Like say, I'm, I don't want to think about ice cream today. So then watch how many times or notice how many times you're going to think about ice cream. Mm-hmm. You cannot take your mind off of that. Neurolinguistic so programming. Mind. Yeah. Exactly. So that's how mind works. So in order to say, uh, you know, I wanted to control my mind, that's never going to happen. What, mm. uh, what you need to do is you need to calm your mind. And you can calm your mind is just when you are monitoring your thoughts, like what's going on in your mind and why is happening. Trying to resolve that why is happening, first of all, you know, satisfy that. Once you do that, the thoughts going to go away. It's never going to come back. So you just have to start letting let go of those thoughts. Those are not serving you. So it's like like I was saying this analogy I gave you. You know, I can pick the car of the color that I wanted to ride. Why I cannot ride in every car? So think same thing with us. We cannot ride every thought. So that's how that's what creates a confusion. That's why people cannot make the right decision. They're like, oh, I'm not focused. I don't think I have enough brain power. Or I don't think I have enough capacity. I can tell you, I was talking to somebody yesterday regarding some issue, not real estate related, but outside of real estate. And I asked, I said, can you help me with this? Like, oh, no, no, ma'am, I cannot do this. I'm like, no, you need to call this person. No, 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 I don't think I can do that. They already told me this thing is going to happen. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just felt like I just need to take something and bang him in the head. (laughs) He's like so limited that he doesn't want to get out of his bubble. He's like, oh, no, this is it. This person told me this way, this is the only way it's going to happen. And I kept telling him politely, I'm like, no, please, you know, this is not how it works. You need to go back and tell them exactly whatever I'm saying. And he was able to get the answer for me. So that's what is happening in the real case scenario every day for everybody. I know it's a very foreign phenomena, foreign concept for a lot of them. And it sounds very um, confusing. And it's not a simple concept, tell you the truth. I mean, I would have perceived the same way too 20 years back when I started my journey, you know. And it's a practice and over time it gets exactly. easier and it becomes, you know, second nature. To your point, you're listening to this guy and he's so limited and you can see it very clearly, but he's a fish in water. He doesn't see the water all around him and he doesn't see the opportunity to, you know, take himself out and to look at things in a different way. But in my opinion, it's it's conditioning the mind. It's exactly. having conversations like this to see what's possible, to attach yourself to reference points, to read great books, to, you know, surround yourself with mentors and a mastermind and, you know, just, you know, your peers in general. It's like being clear about what is it that's coming in here? You know, you've got to guard the gates of your mind. I almost look at it as, you know, it's like a, a, a room filled with white carpet. And, you know, if somebody comes in with mud all over their feet, well, guess what? You know, you're going to ruin the room and perhaps it's going to be, you know, that's going to leave some stains. And over time, you know, you're going to remember that it's going to, you know, leave, leave an etch into the way that you behave in the way that you believe. 
you know, so, you know, tell me a little bit about how you're conditioning the mind. I also do want to hear a little bit about the meditation routine that you have, because as we talked about, it's, it's a practice, right? This is not something that just happens in one day, but over time you get stronger and stronger through some practice. But, you know, talk to me about those two things. It's meditation as well as conditioning your mind. What are some things that, that you love to do? See, conditioning of the mind happens, it starts very early on for everybody. So um, as a parent, you have young kids. So you have to start at a very young age with your kids, you know, because uh, for them, you're the leader. You lead by example. So it's not like that. What are you going to say to your kids? They're going to do 100%. They are observing you all the time and they're absorbing all that information. So that's where the conditioning is happening, knowingly, unknowingly, both. And a lot of time that is missed very early on. Because uh, parents, and especially the environment I grew in, our parenting is a lot different uh, than here, I would say. And uh, our parents were like really, really strict. And they're like, okay, you have to go to school. You have to get A grade all the time. So those kind of environments, we grew up and a lot of conditioning, a lot of limitations for us, even though we grew up in a very spiritual country, I would say. But still, there was a lot more attached to it beside the spiritual aspect of it. It's like we were doing certain things certain way. But coming to here after that, that transition that opened me up, opened up my mind. Okay, there's more to it, more to it, just uh, going to school or getting good grades. I can do much more in my life. I, But I did not know that I have to live too because I never lived because I was chasing after so many things, maybe uh, money because I thought money will bring me happiness. So if I look back and try to connect the dots, like Steve Jobs says, you can look back in your life and connect the dots. Mm -hmm. If you connect the dots, you can see all those first 20 years, 30 years, you are not, I won't call it, you are living, living. Maybe you're living some percentage of life. You're not living 100% because you're always in the chase mode. You're trying to chase something. You want to achieve something. You feel like, oh, I'll get somewhere. I'll become an executive or I'll become a millionaire, billionaire. Mm -hmm. Then I will start enjoying my life. Isn't that true? That's, I think the, uh, that's the, you know, the average thought process for sure. Exactly. So see, that's where, why that happens. That's all conditioning. Where we got from, from our parents, because that's how they were living. That's what they knew. And I won't say they did wrong or right they did their optimal best to teach us whatever they knew mm -hmm. up to their capacity, right? And I'm very, very grateful for that. But at the same time, you know, now how do you break all this conditioning, all those patterns? That's where all these practices come in. That's where you need to sit down, start spending time with yourself. Spending time yourself with yourself is a meditation too in itself. Mm. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to um, do any yoga, any kriyas. You don't have to, you know, move, twist, turn, anything. Just sit with yourself only. Can you do that in today's date? Not necessarily. Is that what you do? Yeah. I mean, there's so much attachment, you know, there's a, there's a TV, there's phone. You can't even get away from your phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do that. If you start doing it five minutes, 10 minutes and slowly, slowly start increasing. Yes you will start feeling or uh, getting the taste of it and then you can increase it. For me, I do a little bit rigorous meditation. I just like, I spend two hours with myself every day in the morning. That's what my routine is. 
I get and up. just quiet, mindful meditation? Mm-hmm. Quiet, mindful meditation. And I connect really fast now because I've been doing it for so many years now. So I can go to the calm uh, state or the Selena state very soon. Like I was sharing the example with you in Alaska. Then I could see the things that I'm seeing that everybody's seeing there. Because mm-hmm. I was connecting and even my husband sitting next to me, he was trying to show me, hey, look at that. And I was just feeling like that. I would kind of tune him out. It was like, not necessary right now, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing was happening, which is like, you know, it's kind of amazing to know that you have that aspect in yourself too. That is kind of unknown to you. So do you use mantras uh, or are you mainly just mindfulness meditation, watching your breath and, you know, being curious about what comes up and letting that go away or what does it look like? Or is it a set of different practices? Yeah, I started with the mantras too, because it's a good idea to start with some mantra or something initially. And if you do not have a mantra, you can start with one, two, three, four, five, just start counting. Whatever it is, it's just like getting the focus to one point. And the thing is, if you say, if you tell people, oh, focus on your breathing, they cannot do it for very long. Maybe, you know, one breath, two breath and gone, you'll write some thought and you're gone somewhere else. And I, I talked to so many people, you know, in my own family, I'm talking to them, they are not there. And I'll say, please come back, talk to me like, oh, I'm here, I'm sitting in front of you. I'm like, no, but you are not here. You're somewhere else. You can even tell. Now, you're hearing, but you're not listening. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. not here. You're not present. And I I tell my brother all the time, even my husband too sometimes, please be here. And they just get so annoyed with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the, you know, it's a, it's, we have this beautiful tool in our mind and it can, it can run parallel programs, right? It can think about seven different things and be in one conversation or one meeting or, you know, in one physical place, but it can be all of these different places and it can be nowhere at once. And, you know, that's not really using it to its utmost capacity. And so like this practice that you're talking about allows you to be present, which, it seems has created tremendous opportunities. Not only that, but also um, it's created this presence and this joy of living, you know, that it feels like, you know, you just show up with clarity and coherence that many others don't. So, I mean, but what else do you feel like you get from this type of continued commitment to listening and observing and focusing rather than being distracted and being the default mechanism of the programming of society, your parents, you know, perhaps other people that may be acting in a more limited way. What else does this type of lifestyle and practice give you as an investor or otherwise? So you were talking about focus and concentration earlier. That's what you get. Because listening is a very important skill that we forget. Because again, I'm going to say something and a lot of people might not like me saying that, but what what happened is when you're talking to somebody, most of the people, they're thinking about what they're going to say next or when it's going to be their turn to talk. So there goes listening out of the door. But when you're listening carefully, you're picking up the points and you're getting the knowledge or you're under you're getting the understanding about yourself. Oh, I didn't know this thing he's talking about. Then let me go explore that. Let me figure out what is it. So I know more. So that's the difference between the hearing or listening. You were talking earlier, oh, you could do 20 different things with your mind, but not necessarily. You are not 100% there in one thing. You're not focused. So you are not using your optimal potential at that time. You are not, you're never going to get to the flow state with that kind of mindset, first of all. 
And then if you're doing 20 things, you're not going to be good at any then. You know, I mean, physically look at it. We can do only one thing at a time, right? Mm -hmm. Physically, we could be present at one place at one time. So why can't we start doing with that our mind too? Just be focused for 10 minutes, five minutes, wherever we are. Just be 100% present. Like I'm here, I'm 100% fully present with you at this time. Not an easy thing to do in a very distracted world. And, exactly. you know, it is a superpower. As far as I'm concerned, it is a superpower to train yourself to be focused. And, you know, I think that you would probably agree with me on this. And, and uh, you know, two hours a day in this practice, I mean, I can only imagine you are many levels ahead of where I am, but I'm nowhere near perfect in this. And, you know, their distractions still sweep me up, but it's about kind of getting back on the saddle and just saying, you know what, because I didn't do this perfect, that doesn't mean that I should just give up and not remain committed to living this type of lifestyle. You know, it's like not beating yourself up and not letting that judge, that inner judge that, you know, wants to criticize you at every corner and wants to say like, okay, yeah, you know, you say that you're this, but you know, you weren't present when she's talking about being present. You know, it's like, because I'm, it's interesting as you were saying all that, I'm, my inner voice in the dialogue is saying, well, but you know, what if you thought about something else right now? And what if you did this? And it's like, no, wait, come back, come back. You know, do you, do you get what I'm saying, Binky? Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. And you use the word perfect, right? Nobody's perfect. Uh, number one, but the, I'm going to say the opposite of it. You know, everybody's perfect in their own space is the realization because whatever, you know, whatever your knowledge is, whatever your bandwidth is, according to that, you are perfect in your own space. So as long as you embrace that, that's again, you know, a growth path for you. So uh, perfection is nothing but embracing the imperfection. That's what the perfection is. If you think everything is perfect, nothing is perfect. In the, look in the universe. Nothing is perfect. There's so many imper imperfections, but the thing is, all these imperfections make this universe such a beautiful place. It makes it perfect as a whole. So don't ever say, I'm not perfect, I'm not there yet, because everybody has their own journey and they are perfect, fully wholesome person in their own space, who the, whoever they are. And once from, you embrace that, it's a growth right there. That's exactly right. This is so good. And you know, to go from good to great to excellent, to extraordinary, to outstanding. It's not about, in many cases, it's not about massive leaps. It's about two millimeter shifts. And as you make these two, two millimeter shifts of focus, of presence, of listening, of finding ways to add real value, that's where you start to make massive leaps. And I, I truly believe this in real estate, you know, financially, um, in the way that you are experiencing joy in your life, but in also just being a master at your God given, you know, beautiful talents and, and abilities and all of these things. So um, I just think that, you know, this is such an important conversation. It's such an important dialogue to have. So Vinky, I just really want to thank you for this conversation. I want to you know, before I let you go, I want to ask you a few more questions in the rapid fire section of the podcast. It's called the rare air questionnaire. It is rare to mm -hmm. be focused. It's rare to engage in this type of practice. So let's let's go through this. I want to ask you a few things before I let you go. Number one, what is what are two or three of the most impactful books that you've read over the past few years and why? And what 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 about them has been so impactful? 
the first book I would say is a really good one is, uh, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the name. It's on, oh, it's Difficult Conversations. That's a good book if somebody wants to read it because that gives you like really, really good insight into yourself on your thought process. And the other one I'm going to share with you is um, that I, I I think I read long time back, like Winning Friends. That was a good one that everybody reads that. I think Whole New Mind is another good one. That was a long time ago. And then Flow is the all-time best book that I recommend everywhere. Everybody, I think, should read the book Flow. I love that. And that's a good invitation for me. So I'm going to put that on my list immediately. We will put links in the show notes as to where the listeners can find those books. So thank you for those. And this may be challenging because I'm going to push you go a little bit further. Mm -hmm. Aside from what we've already talked about today, what is the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis, Finky? By helping others, by giving more and expecting less and less. Because if you take care of your expectations, there's nothing better than that. Because you are already walking towards your journey to fulfillment then. I love that. Trade your expectations for appreciation and let, you know, you know, I think it's almost like let the spirituality unfold, you know, to something greater than what your conscious mind could even create. Am I, what do you think about that? Is that too outlandish to say? No, I think it's good. You put it in a right way, actually, better than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you teed it up and I just, you know, I just helped kind of hit it over the net there. So that's, that's interesting. I love that. But, you know, helping others and, and adding value. This has been, you've added a tremendous amount of value to us today. But I'd love to ask you, I mean, what's the biggest way that you elevate others around you, you know, on an ongoing basis? Usually connecting with them and asking them questions. I usually ask them if there's um, something is missing in their life, some disconnect. And being an IT professional, you know, I'm good at uh, looking at the details or finding the gaps. And I try to help mitigate those gaps, whether it's a financial gap or just in just whole life scenario, somebody's looking for something. And overall, I would say just being resourceful to others because I made um, uh, made a promise to myself that I wanted to set myself as a resource to many. So people can come to me as for anything. So I wanted to be resourceful enough to connect the dots for them. And I want to ask you, because your mission is to help and touch 1 million lives in a meaningful yeah. way. So being resourceful to others, I would imagine, is a part of that. That's so, true. you know, how, how does that look? And, you know, how are you how are you doing on that mission? I'm doing really great. Actually, we uh, support many initiatives that's geared towards women and children. Like, I think you already know that we talk about that multiple times. I do have a nonprofit organization and we support multiple charities and uh, try to help people whatever we can. But beside that, the nonprofit, I do work on profit as well. And I help uh, other people who are in my network, you know, whether they're my friends or my distant friends or my acquaintances, you know, help with their financial growth because I'm in the multifamily arena and we we syndicate the multifamily deals. We allow other investors to invest alongside us so they can enjoy the benefits that we are seeing. So we are sharing that joy with everybody. So talk to me a little bit about where folks can find out more about what you're doing, whether it's, you know, 
profitably in the real estate business, in the real estate arena, or for your foundation and for your cause? I mean, talk a little bit about where people can find more about that. Um, anybody can connect with me through my website. It's uh, lumbainvest.com. And I actually do have a free ebook as well, where I talk about syndication secrets, I think revealed, something like that. I forgot the book name. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> Um, I think it's syndication secrets revealed. Uh, you can download your free, uh, free. To, I'm sorry, you're welcome to download that book. And other than that, I'm on the social media. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and I love to connect with anybody and share ideas. And you're going to get exactly what you see here today. So Vinky, this has been really, really spectacular. I want to acknowledge you for you know, helping me think bigger, helping the audience think bigger about what is truly possible for them and understanding, you know, the natural laws of attraction and, you know, how you can leverage biology and, you know, neurology and really mindfulness and these, you know, kind of Eastern and Western concepts to go exactly where you want to go and live this spiritual life and live this joyful, fun life. I just think you've set such an amazing example uh, of what's possible in real estate, what's possible in your personal life and how you've continued to evolve, um, you know, through destiny, through these different turns in your life. So it's really been a joy to have this conversation with you. Do you have any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to share with Elevate Nation today? I will just say one thing, live. That's the best thing you can do in this life because this life is to live, enjoy, and live your optimal potential and not be just stressed out. I don't have this or I don't have this because that's where we waste most of our lives. Just learn to live wherever you are in whatever space. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for that, Vinky. Uh, I can't wait to have another conversation with you because, uh, you know, this has just been absolutely spectacular. So Vinky Lumba, until next time, thank you again for being on Elevate Podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Tyler. I really enjoyed that as well. What a spectacular discussion with the great Vinky Lumba. I am blown away by her presence and her practice because it shows, it radiates. And I feel like, you know, because of the wavelengths that she is vibrating on, she's attracting so many new opportunities. She's attracting such a higher and larger future as a result of this practice. So I want to encourage you to consider what could your practice be and who are you? What is it that you would love to create and what is your potential? And, you know, she's talking about, hey, human potential is so big. We are we set our own limits but not if we're conscious of that, not if we are aware that perhaps there's some programming that we'd like to unlearn and we have the opportunity to unlearn. So I wanna encourage you to reflect upon what is it that you would like to unlearn? What is it that you would like to condition your mind for? And how can you get conscious about that? Perhaps what practice would you like to start engaging in? And I wanna encourage you to set the bar low, to start easy and you know to start small um, because I don't want you to overwhelm yourself, but it is this ongoing consistency and curiosity that is going to win the day for you as you start to manifest a bigger future, as you start to create more opportunities, as you start to allow abundance to flow through you and with you into greater senses of opportunity in your future. So I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. If you have, please share it with a friend. 
And don't forget, of course, the most important piece here is to take massive action on what you learned. Elevate Nation, until next time, thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.